Welcome to episode 33. I'm your host, Irina Shachovtsov. In this episode, I welcome Lyubna Milzer, an incredibly inspirational and strong single mother of one who shares the daily overcoming of not just living but thriving in a culture that looks down on her circumstances. I keep getting criticized for the fact of being a single mother. I get pressure to settle down and get married again to someone else. So this idea of being single and raising a daughter is something which is difficult for people to digest out here, says Lubna. Lubna is a single mom of an angel from Calcutta, India. Lubna faced incredible adversity from social and cultural norms. Divorce is considered taboo and is frowned upon. Coming out of an abusive relationship, she was faced with many challenges. As they say, we grow through struggles. Everything Lubna went through culminated in the formation of GPE, Girl Power Empowerment, a social community working towards uplifting the lives of girls for the last four years. She is also the Vice President of WICCI India, Eastern Australia Business Council. She is a Global Goodwill Ambassador and the City Mayor of Entrepreneur Cafe. Enjoy this episode with Lubna Milzer. How would you like to master your mind to transform your life, overcome anxiety, trauma, doubt, and suffering to win daily and enjoy a life of confidence, peace, and freedom? This is your unique opportunity to work directly one-on-one with me in a breakthrough coaching. If you are interested, you can check out the link below and schedule your 45-minute discovery session to see if we are a fit. Welcome to Single Parent Success Stories. I am your host, Irina Shehovtsov, and I am on a mission to empower broken-hearted women to break the chains of the past and move forward boldly into the future. Single Parent Success Stories was created to inspire single parents out there who are struggling to help them realize what is possible. Hello and welcome to Single Parent Success Stories. Today's guest comes to us from Calcutta, India. He, she is Lubna Melzer, founder of GPE, Girl Power Empowerment, a social community working towards uplifting the lives of girls since the last four years. She is also the vice president of WICCI India, Eastern Australia Business Council. She's a global goodwill ambassador and the city mayor of Entrepreneur Cafe. She's also a single mom. So welcome, Lubna. It's great to have you. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Thank you. The pleasure is all mine. Please share with us your story. How did you become a single parent? What were some of the struggles and things that you faced and had to overcome? Okay, sure, Irina. So definitely, you know, becoming a single mom for me uh, wasn't an easy job, you know, because I'm in India and in India, it is, there's still a lot of uh, social taboos, you know, when you get divorced um, or when you are separated, it is, it's still not kind of taken very positively Mm -hmm. so in my case uh, I was married at the age of 18 I became a mom very early on in my life and unfortunately um, my marriage didn't work out right and um, it was a, a you know kind of an abusive relationship 
And, uh, but then to be honest, as I said, right, being an Indian, you know, and being raised with those um, Indian culture and the social upbringing, you know, and the kind of, uh, you know, things which are kind of dug deep into uh, us when we are kids is that the fact that as girls, you know, we are supposed to bear up, right? We are supposed to kind of sacrifice our lives for the sake of, you know, our loved ones, our husbands, you know, our family and things like that. So I was going ahead and doing that, you know. And then when I became a mother and um, and things started kind of um, affecting my daughter, right? So that's when, you know, I kind of couldn't take it anymore. You know, I... I just wanted to, you know, stand up for what is right and what is wrong. And uh, when my daughter, her name is Angel. So when she was uh, two years old, at that time, um, I came to know that she's suffering from a heart issue. Um, That is, yeah, there was a duct, you know, there's a pulmonary duct in our heart. So for her, that particular duct had opened up and we had to do a device closure for her. Mm -hmm. So... All these years, you know, I was working, you know, I had a very high paying job, but unfortunately, you know, my finances were controlled by my husband. So he had full control over my money, my debit cards, everything used to be with him. So I did not have any money on me. Right. Right. At that time, you know, I needed a lot of money for her surgery and I kind of, you know, asked back for my cards. So... Mm -hmm. Things didn't turn out positive, of course, and uh, I was, I was told that you know that the child doesn't need an operation, that they're praying and the prayers will heal the child. But I had gone to several pediatric cardiologists in my city, mm-hmm. and all of them told me the same thing: that uh, the only way to save her life uh, is to you know kind of put her through a surgery and do a, do a device closure for her. So. As a mother, um, you know, it was tough for me to take a decision because, uh, you know, no mother on earth would ever want to see their own child through a surgery, you know, at that tender age. But what I also uh, believe or understood is prayers are important, but, you know, if prayers could heal everything, there wouldn't be doctors, right? So, so that's the reason why, you know, I, I was very firm on my decision that if all the doctors are telling me that she needs to go through this surgery and that's the only way I have, you know, only option to save her life, I'm going to do that. Right. Right. So, so at that time, you know, I was very determined, you know, I went against uh, my ex-husband's decision. Right. And I decided to, you know, take her through, the medical process and uh, and I also took away my debit cards from him because I wanted to save every money you know that I could henceforth so that I could get her surgery done mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. at that time I was kind of thrown out of the house with my daughter and uh, yeah so that's how you know I became a single mother <laughs> so yeah it um it was tough at that time but today I honestly thank God for that day you know mm-hmm. uh, I feel grateful to God that that happened to me because I think that's just made me stronger and also 
got me uh, a chance to kind of get out of something which was which I was not meant to be in, you know, into yeah. a relationship which which was probably just not meant to be. So that's how it kind of happened for me. And uh, I'm grateful to my parents as well, because they took me and my daughter back home and they have been a great support ever since. Right. Without them, I don't know what would have happened to both of us. <laughs> so that's how it kind of, you know, I became a single mom and the journey began. Oh, wow. Incredible. And I salute you for overcoming and, you know, making that decision probably was very difficult at the time, feeling that you have to go against the grain, against your parents, against society, probably, right? So, yay. So what were some of the things that you had to overcome? What were some of the things you wish you knew, looking back at what happened? Well, um, to be honest, Arena, like, um, see, it is still a uh, you know, I would say that it's still challenging for me because being in India, right, uh, a lot of people, uh, they still look down upon you if you're divorced, you know, or if you are a single mom. And a lot of times, you know, you are the one who are who is blamed. OK, so because you're the, you're the woman. Right. So people put it across that, oh, probably there must be something wrong with her only, you know, she couldn't keep her husband happy, she couldn't keep, uh, take care of the family, you know, there is something wrong from her end itself, okay, so that's how people put it across, right, that no matter how much probably you must have tried your level best to save a relationship, but then at the end of the day, when it breaks, it's it's the woman that is blamed, you know, and and not the man, Mm -hmm. so I face similar situations still now, you know, it is, um, you know, I I keep getting criticized for the fact uh, of being a single mother, you know, I get pressured to to settle down, you know, and get married again to someone else. So, so this idea of, you know, being single, you know, and raising a daughter is something which is difficult for people to digest out here. So... Mm-hmm. it's challenging even work-wise trust me you know I faced loads of challenges like when I had been working in senior management positions and um, and trust me you know it's like when say people from the opposite gender when they come to know that um, you're you're a single mom or you're divorced their mm-hmm. outlook towards you is so very different like you can come kind of read through their mind you know as to what they're wanting and it's frustrating at times and then it's always a fight there's always a battle you're always having to prove yourself every single day I feel so right right. so that's how it is you know you just have to keep fighting you just have to keep you know moving ahead I feel I call it like that as well sometimes because I know when we're growing up as a kid as kids we see the perfect fairy tale you know husband wife they get together they get married and uh, they have kids and then you have this life and we have this picture in our head and then what happens is when that picture doesn't match reality we feel out of place we feel we don't belong and it's difficult to uh, kind of step on that path constantly like you say you know have to prove yourself and uh, define your new normal wherever that is because we are all different but in this regard with single parenting I sometimes feel like that as well not not maybe in a spoken word but Mm -hmm. in the way people see you or you know kind of (laughs) you feel like an outlier you know that you are in a western country where 
there are more number of people probably you know who are going through divorce or yeah yeah it is not such a big taboo as in india whereas in india it's like it's it's still like a big thing you know if a girl is getting divorced like you know it's even mm-hmm. for the family it's like a big shame mm-hmm. oh so and so's daughter has got a pu- like you know got divorced like you know it's like it's like a big talk of the town so oh wow <laughs> yeah you you kind of have to face all that every time and and just make yourself stronger yeah yeah well i am originally from russia and there is also people wouldn't get divorced like in my when my mom was growing up divorce was a big thing like you never do that no matter what happens you stay together you know good bad the ugly and yeah we make yeah. vows when we get married that we're gonna what is it until death do us part that we're not only there for each other when we are happy but we're also there when we're struggling when we're sad when we're going through things sometimes things don't work out and i don't think it's a good idea to blend one person because it's a relationship between two people and there's always two sides of the story and there is always two people you know they come from different backgrounds from different value systems and different expectations and yes we have to make compromises but sometimes some compromises we cannot make because they go against our beliefs and if we diminish that if we stay quiet then a year later we realize we're not going to recognize who we are anymore if we let certain things happen, like the things that shouldn't be, <laughs> that we need to speak up. So good for you for speaking up and standing strong for your daughter. What kind of advice can you share for present single parents who are just stepping onto that path of single parenting? Well, I would just advise that be strong to begin with, right? It is definitely not an easy journey, you know, there are going to be hurdles that's going to come on your way every day. But, you know, if you believe in yourself, if you're honest, uh, you know, to yourself and, uh, and especially to your child, right, or your children, be very uh, open, you know, have open hearted discussions with them. Children are very sensitive and also very understanding. You know, this is my personal experience because I have never um, kind of... Uh, lied to my daughter right and I am I'm more her friend so you know so we share a very you know very kind of a great bonding that we have like you know we're we're more of really good friends so so we can share everything um that's that's one thing you know which I would definitely advise that be friends with your child you know and and kind of talk things out. If things are challenging, explain it to them. A lot of times, most of the times, in fact, they will understand. And um, and also there is one more piece of advice, you know, which I think is important, you know, which I personally follow, that is, you know, uh, try and not speak anything, no matter what was the reason for, for the separation, right? Uh, try to keep the children out of the mess, uh, as much as possible right keep their minds positive uh, you know towards uh, even the other parent right and when they grow up they will learn and they will understand who is right and who was wrong right or whatever they would even understand that maybe you know they were just not meant to be together so so they 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 went on different paths but then what I personally feel is, you know, if we speak negatively about our ex in front of our kids, 
that's going to have, you know, kind of, you're going to sow a seed of negativity within your child, right? And your child is growing, going to grow up with a lot of um, remorse. It might be, uh, you know, it, it can attract a lot of negative other feelings is what I have seen because I just share one thing that is my ex-husband. Okay. So he, his parents were separated when he was 10 years old. Okay. And um, he has always grown up hating his dad. So all my life, like as long as I was married to him and till now, you know, since I'm in touch with him, I know that he doesn't respect his dad. Okay. Be it whatever reason, right, that the parents separated. Okay, he's your father. But then he has never, ever given that respect to him. You know, he's never called him dad or papa or anything of that sort. So he always refers to him by his name. <laughs> and and there is, um, and I feel because from such a small age, he has grown up hating one person. So, and and that, that, seed of negativity just kept growing within him and that's what made him you know who he is today probably right so so if he is always angry you know if he is violent at times you know if he's short-tempered I feel a lot to be blamed on that because he had built-in negative emotions you know within him as he grew up Mm -hmm. so so I have always tried you know to keep um, you know, my daughter out of such kind of negative influence or negative talks. So I don't share anything, you know, uh, negative that I went through in my relationship with her because I feel, you know, it's it's just not right for her. You know, let her just learn to respect the other person as well and let her grow up. And then whatever happens, you know, she'll be the best judge at one point in time in life. Yeah, I think, yeah, it's very important to yeah. keep it out have a neutral kind of view how did your daughter take it when she was two years old like do they does she still have relationship with her dad does she ask like why my dad is not here well see the thing is uh, there wasn't much of an attachment uh, any which ways right so even when we were living together my husband wouldn't spend too much time playing with her or actually loving her or or things like that right so he was um, you know so the atmosphere itself wasn't that great right so so I feel there was never a connect as such or a bonding as such that she had with her dad and um, and then when we separated for years he never ever called or messaged you know to find out how she was right so there was a complete disconnect for quite a number of years okay so so then she she didn't um, you know bother as well because she never had that connection. She has more of a bonding with my side of the family than probably her own dad. Mm-hmm. So and then afterwards, like you know, after quite a number of years, then he got back and then he wanted to meet her. And so I've always allowed, right? So you want to meet, you can come home and meet, you know, or I can take her out somewhere and then meet. Like you know, I've never stopped that. Mm-hmm. So, so she knows, you know that okay fine you know when but then there she she actually doesn't have that bonding as I said right so there are times now also you know that he calls her or he wants uh to spend time with her I do allow her but then she's like mom can we not do this later or you know so she wants to kind of make excuses because she doesn't probably feel that 
comfort or or that connection right so so a lot of times you know she just kind of you know tells me to tell him that okay can we just go another time or something like that yeah i can understand that the relationship i mean comes from that if the dad wants to build a relationship then he needs to be present and care yeah. and physically so they see them like visibly and not just like I, I'm in the same kind of place uh, in terms of mm-hmm. that. We see the, the kids, like, they can see that as often as, as they want, but I think we've seen since pandemic and everything, maybe once or twice. Okay. So it, it's kind of in the same same scenario like yourself. Please share with us, like, what was the turning point in your life? Because you said you were homeless. And what was the turning point, how you kind of, rebuild yourself up back up and started uh, as new and you have this amazing movement that you started the girl power movement please Uh, share i think you know it is um it's my own experiences you know the tough experiences in life that has made me what i am today Mm -hmm. and so i grew up you know kind of uh, in a shell because things have been a bit challenging for me always right you know Mm -hmm. i I suffered with, you know, discrimination probably right from the moment I was born. You know, I was um, I was born into a family where they still didn't uh, openly accept the fact that a girl child was born. And second thing is everyone in my family is lighter in complexion. OK, and I'm a bit dusky. So so then, you know, in India, there is still this thing, right? People discriminate uh, a lot on the basis of your gender on the basis of your color on the basis of your religion and a whole lot of other things so so the same thing happened right and um, even though I, I belong to a family you know which was um, pretty affluent um, educated but still you know it is it's got nothing to do with my family I feel it it is the impact you know of how deep-rooted socialization is right and the negative impacts of socialization is that this is how automatically you know their mindsets was to treat like you know they were not happy if a daughter was born in the family okay and so so I grew up like you know where I we lived in a joint family and kind of you know my um you know I had a cousin brother who was exactly my age Mm -hmm. so he was given all the love care attention and and kind of you know I was treated as if I didn't even belong to that family so that was kind of uh you know uh, how my childhood was and then when I was around three years uh, old you know my parents sent me off to my maternal grandmom because they wanted to educate me in a good school and also you know kind of they wanted uh, me out of the negative atmosphere at home but then I, at that age, of course, didn't realize my parents were doing this for my good, you know, so, so I kind of hated myself always, right, and, and I also believed that even my own parents don't love me, and that's the reason why they also sent me away, right, (laughs) so I hardly ever spoke to anyone, you know, I, I, I didn't have friends as such, you know, I, I wouldn't talk to anyone, you know, I would always be within myself, (laughs) and, And then uh, every time I would go out, you know, with 
say if there was a family get together or there was a wedding or whatever, every time I would be out with parents or whatever, someone or the other would happen to walk up. And I have a younger sister who's again, lighter complexion, you know, looks like she belongs to the family, (laughs) which I don't. And (laughs) so someone or the other always happened, you know, to, to come to my mom, you know, and, and would just, right up front, you know, in front of me would tell my mom, right, how come this daughter of yours is so black and, and this daughter is fair? Exactly, you know, this is how people would put it across. And then I would just kind of go back all the more into, you know, a dungeon. And I was like, God, I don't want to be out, you know, I don't want to go anywhere. So that's that's how I grew up. And then when I was 18, I got married thinking that obviously, you know, my marriage is going to be good, you know, Uh, as you said, there will be a happily married married ever after and and a whole lot of greens for sure. And unfortunately, uh, things were just the opposite, right? And um, it didn't work out the way I expected it to. And then my husband was a bit abusive, uh, you know, and there was a complete different cultural gap for us. And uh, so I, I belong to a family where we always learn to respect elders. You know, we would never talk back in front of elders. Uh, you know, there was no verbal abuse ever or physical abuse. My parents never, ever raised their hands on me or my siblings ever. Mm-hmm. But then, you know, you're out here like, you know, it was like there was a complete abusive atmosphere at home. And uh, and also, you know, my husband not not only would physically abuse me, but then you know, it was like slowly it became physical abuse as well, you know, where he would raise his hands on me from time to time. Then there was sexual abuse, you know, there was financial abuse. Like, you know, as I said, that my my entire finances was under his control. Mm-hmm. So, so it was tough. But then, as I said, right, socialization, you know, it had a deep-rooted impact even on me for me to to continuously keep bearing up with all of that, you know, thinking that I cannot get out of marriage, right? I'm married for good. And this is what I'm supposed to do. Like, you know, I'm just, I just have to keep quiet and bear it, bear it. But then I took it till the time, you know, I became a mother. And as I said, right, when, when I saw it impacting her, that's when I, I kind of started. So things changed after I got separated I think that was one of the biggest turning points in my life because that gave me, initially I was, it was tough because, you know, it was very, very hard. I cried for months probably, right? Because I used to miss him as well because I I always, you know, I thought that I loved him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, he was my first love, of course, right? So obviously, you know, you do have that attachment. You've lived with him for years. You have a kid from that man. So it wasn't easy. And then I, I came to know that he was already living in the moment I stepped out, he was already living in with someone else. So that kind of, you know, uh, you know, tore me apart all the more. And um, it was tough. But then, as I said, you know, these experiences only made me stronger. Work-wise also, you know, I worked um, in several verticals, like, you know, initially I was into banking and then um, I was with, a few software firms, you know, I worked in top management. And then, um, 
as I said, you know, work at workplace also, there was a lot of times, you know, I had to face uh, these challenges where even in India, like, you know, men are raised in such a way that they don't like uh, like it, you know, when a woman is dictating terms to them or asking, giving them orders, right? So if I'm in a top management position, I had to give orders. And most of my subordinates were male because uh, the percentage of women workers out here is still less in comparison to probably in the Western countries. Mm-hmm. So, so that's how it was, right? And then I reached a point where I was like, I don't know why this is happening to me. I was like frustrated, you know, I was feeling very, very suffocated with whatever was happening with me. So this is like four and a half years ago. And um, I was kind of talking to myself, you know, God, what do you want, you know, out of me? And yeah, it was more like a kind of a conversation with the almighty. And uh, and that's when, you know, my all these challenges that I went through in my life kind of came in front of me and, uh, that's when something, you know, it was it was more like a like a voice telling me that, look, you had to go through all this in your life so that you can understand, you know, the pain uh, of what other women might be going through, right? And um, if you didn't go through this, you can never ever empathize, you know, or understand someone else's issues. Mm-hmm. So, and and that's what you know kind of really hit me hard because. I was like, yes, this is true, you know, that probably if I never went through any of these, you know, I, I cannot relate to someone else. And and at least me being educated, you know, me having a good job, earning enough of money, coming from a good family, right? If I'm having to go through all this, then imagine there could be so many other women who might be in a worse condition, what they might be going through. So this kind of got me thinking, right? <laughs> and um and at that moment itself, you know, this name, um, Girl Power Empowerment, you know, it was like an intuition. It just came to me. And I happened to be in front of a system and I just searched for the domain. OK, and mm-hmm. I saw it available and I booked it. You know, I had no clues what I wanted to do with it. And and I just ended up booking the domain. And all I knew is, you know, something is telling me that my life's purpose is to go ahead and help other women. So if I can help one more woman, you know, that's, that's what's going to make me happy. So that's how this came into being this, this entire initiative. And uh, so now for last so many years, we have been working with women and, and a a lot of focus uh, for me is being on adolescent girls because I feel they are the next generation. They are our future. (laughs) So we've been working with women and girls from various different slums um, out here. And um, what we do is uh, more on -on one-on-one counseling and, um, and we have been teaching them life skills and we've been doing, uh, you know, workshops with them, uh, teaching the women how to make uh, products out of, um, you know, basically uh, waste material so that they can have a source of earning. Mm-hmm. And um, so these are some of the things that we have been doing. We've been doing some food drives out here because of COVID and the current conditions. So so that's that's kind of what I am into right now. I love it. I think it's amazing that, you, you know, starting with adolescents, that's when all of the beliefs and everything evolving and forming so kudos to you you. that's incredible if people would like to find you 
or if you, if they want to learn more about the girl power movement, where would they go? Hey, so see, since girl power empowerment um, is just a self-funded initiative of mine, so we haven't been doing much promotions because you know I've been doing it for myself, honestly, all this while, and um, so I just didn't promote it much. Uh, but then we do have a Facebook page, um, you know, it is called I Support Girl Power. And um, so people can find that, you know, it's it should be facebook.com slash I Support Girl Power. We even have an Instagram page called I Support Girl Power. And um, yeah, so recently I've just got a GP uh, registered as a social business. So now, uh, you know, I'm, I'm restructuring it and taking it and planning to kind of expand the operations and taking it to the next level. So and personally people can reach me on linkedin i'm on linkedin um you know so one can search with my name uh lubna melzer or maybe you can just share the link um somewhere yeah so yeah so they can find me on linkedin i am on instagram as well with my name and uh and uh i'm on facebook too but i'm not much of a facebook person so yeah but then people can definitely reach me there as well and otherwise, my personal email address is also available. That's lubnamelder at the rate gmail.com. Thank you. Thank you so much for coming on and sharing your story. And I believe in your movement. I think it's very important. So thank you so much for coming. Thank you, Irina. It's a pleasure, right? And uh, I wish you all the best as well. And uh, if there's anything I can help you with, reach out anytime. If you like this episode, please share with somebody who would benefit. You can leave comments, topic suggestions, and add your reviews on Apple Podcasts. It also helps greatly when you download the episode. If you feel lost, emotionally hurt, after divorce, and want to rediscover who you are, you don't have to do it alone. Join our community on Facebook, Limitless Women, Self-Love mindset and support for relationships where we hold trainings and various events to help you thrive and become happy again because life after divorce is possible and can even be great if no one told you today i want you to know that i love you and believe in you because you are limitless